Hello everyone, I'm Pirinada. Welcome to Seat of Power, a Raptor podcast about the Philippine Presidency. Today, our guest is retired Supreme Court Justice Antonio Carpio, and our topic is the controversial new law passed by China last January 22, the Coast Guard Law. This law is controversial because it allows China's Coast Guard to fire upon anyone in waters claimed by China, including the West Philippine Sea. It also empowers the Chinese Coast Guard to destroy structures like those in Pag-asa Island, which is home to around 200 Filipinos. President Duterte himself has yet to speak of this law publicly, but his spokesman Harry Roque has said the law violates international maritime laws and Philippine Foreign Secretary Theodore Lawson Jr. also called the law tantamount to a war threat against the Philippines. He filed a diplomatic protest a few days ago. So in this episode, we're going to talk to Justice Carpio about what this law means for Duterte's China policy and what steps Duterte can take to prevent this from escalating and to protect people on the ground who could be harmed potentially by the enforcement of this law. Listen to our interview here. Thank you so much, Justice Carpio, for joining us today. It's a very interesting topic and something that Filipinos are concerned about, right? Like this Coast Guard law recently passed by China. What does it mean for Filipinos? And what does it mean especially for our fishermen and our Coast Guard? Um, so thank you so much, Justice, for joining us today. Thank you, Pia, for having me. Uh, well, the new Coast Guard law, the new law of China, is clearly uh, in violation of international law. Because under the UN Charter, uh, all disputes, whether territorial or maritime, must be settled peacefully through negotiation, uh, mediation, conciliation, arbitration. In other words, all peaceful means. You cannot resort to armed force. You cannot resort to violence to settle a dispute between states. And uh, the, the armed force uh, is allowed only if it is in self-defense, uh, individual self-defense of a state or collective self-defense of a state like NATO, uh, like the mutual defense field, that's collective self-defense, armed force and security. So that's basic, that's fundamental in international law. No domestic law of any country can prevail over that in the international uh, sphere. Whatever law, so the UN Charter is the fundamental law as far as international is concerned. And uh, starting in 1945, when the UN Charter was adopted, wars of aggression have been outlawed, prohibited. Before, before the UN Charter, you can acquire territory by going to war. And if you are the victor, then you get it. But that has been outlawed because of World War I, World War II, finally the nations of the world came to their senses that war cannot be a, a, a method of settling disputes because only the powerful can survive and there will be wars, continuous wars. So that's the basic law under the UN system. You cannot resort to armed force to settle a territorial or maritime dispute. It's totally outlawed. You can be sanctioned by the world community for violating this principle, so it's basic. Now, China has enacted this law saying that they can use armed force to enforce the nine-dash line. In other words, 
to enforce their claim to 85.7% of the South China Sea. First of all, they cannot do that because the Uncle's Tribunal already said that uh, we have an exclusive economic zone which cannot be defeated by the nine dash line. So that nine dash line cannot affect the Philippines. If China is in our waters in the West Philippine Sea, it is illegally there taking possession. So uh, that law of China is against international, it's also against UNCLOS because UNCLOS says among those states have ratified UNCLOS, <coughs> any dispute on the interpretation or application of UNCLOS must be settled peacefully in accordance with the UN Charter. So you go back to the UN Charter. UNCLOS says settle your dispute in accordance with the United Nations Charter, which says that you have to settle it in a through negotiation, mediation, and arbitration. So that is very clear. And, uh, and so the, the ASEAN states that are prejudiced by this new law of China can go to UNCLOS and get this new law of China declared void under UNCLOS and international law. Because UNCLOS says, if you have a dispute, maritime dispute, follow the UN Charter, which says, go to negotiation, mediation, conciliation, arbitration. And China hasn't done that. China said, we have this law, we will enforce it. So that law can be questioned in fact. And it should be questioned by Vietnam and Malaysia because they still haven't filed their arbitration case. As far as we are concerned, we are inoculated. We have this arbitral award which says that nine dash line cannot apply to the Philippines. We have that ruling already, and China is bound by that. But the other states don't have that ruling. And that ruling applies only strictly between the Philippines and China because these arbitrations are, are binding only on the states that's the parties to the arbitration. So they should make their move now, Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, and Indonesia. But if China enforces their new law in the West Philippine Sea, for example, China drives away our service ship in Weedback. We can go to the UNCLOS Tribunal and say that law of China violates UNCLOS, violates the arbitral award. We can go. So uh, I think we should prepare for that. The Philippines, the Philippine government should prepare now, just in case China applies the new law in the West Philippine Sea, we will be ready. We will file immediately an arbitration case. Question, Justice. We need to wait for an actual incident in the West Philippines. We can't file now, now that the law is existing? We can actually file now, but uh, the, my position is that uh, I think China will enforce this against Vietnam and Malaysia first. Because if China enforces against us, we have that arbitral award. And uh, they cannot claim that they are in possession of the West Philippine Sea because of the arbitral award. But with respect to the EEZ of Vietnam, Vietnam has no arbitral award saying that is their EEZ. So there, it's Vietnam saying that it's their EEZ, it's China saying it's part of their Nangash line. So it's China's word against Vietnam's word. 
But we we already have a ruling from a third bad international uh, tribunal. So uh, I think China will make its move first against Vietnam or Malaysia. Mm. But even with yeah. orbital awards, we see China continues to harass our fishermen, continues to build on artificial islands. So don't you think that is already enough for taking this to Ongla? No, the, uh, China has not built new artificial islands since then. It has stopped, although it's uh, fortifying still. Uh, on our uh, fishermen, uh, I've said before, we have to go back to Onclus, uh, to an Onclus tribunal because our fishermen uh, are not allowed to fish freely in uh, the war in the territorial sea of Scarborough Shoal because remember the award declared uh, Scarborough Shoal a common fishing ground. That means the three states, China, Vietnam, and Malaysia have equal rights, but we don't have equal rights we should go back to the tribunal. We should have done that a long time ago. But uh, if we can now because of that, but uh, this new law, China has not yet applied it against us. Uh, my advice is we'll prepare. The moment China uh, uses this law against our uh, fishermen, then we can say, we can cite a specific instance where China applied it. Because right now it's theoretical. The law has not been applied. Uh, what happened before was bef was prior to the law. So we'll wait for the law to be applied. Uh, but if we want to go now, we can go now based on the arbitral award, based on the ruling that uh, Scarborough Shore is a common fishing ground, but uh, we cannot fish there in the same way as Chinese fishermen fishermen can fish, so we mm -hmm. can complain on that basis. So uh, China, uh, you know, there are China's this three warfare strategy. This three warfare strategy, China has been approved by the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese Military Commission, by Chinese uh, uh, Politburo, all organs of the Chinese state have approved the three warfare strategy. And it's publicly known. First, warfare is there. Uh, they they will assert a historical right. In other words, this is a public relations warfare that they own the South China Sea since two thousand years. The second warfare is the legal warfare. This is a legal warfare of China. The third warfare is intimidation. China will build massive uh, military structures, airfields, air bases, naval bases in the South China Sea to intimidate the other states. You cannot fight us, just surrender. So these are the three warfares. But this warfare, the underlying theme is China will not fire a single shot. China will win the South China Sea without firing a single shot. Why? Because any military skirmish can escalate into a war. And if it's with the Philippines, we have the mutual defense treaty. And the last thing that China wants is to get the US involved legally. Because the moment China, for example, attacks BRP Sierra Madrid and Shoal, 
that's at the top of the public vessel because we carry Sierra Madre as a public vessel, although it cannot sail anymore. But we can still invoke the treaty. That's why China doesn't attack it. China is waiting for the Sierra Madre to collapse because it's trusting. So <clears throat> these are the three warfares. China, the, se the, the second warfare of China is a legal warfare. We blunted this when we went to the tribunal. <clears throat> the tribunal said, China has no legal right under the nine dash line. But we were the only country that did that. And that ruling is applicable only to, technically to the Philippines. China has opened another legal warfare. This domestic law. We should go back, but my advice is let's wait for China to apply it. And we can say China is applying it to us. We are directly affected here. So, but the other, I expect China to use this against Vietnam and Malaysia first. So they should prepare. Uh, they cannot just ride on, on our victory, but we should also prepare because China can also go after us anytime. So, so this is an escalation by China, and this is totally in violation of international law. China is trying to reshape international law into international law with Chinese characteristics. And this is the Chinese characteristic. Actually, these are Chinese characters that spell hegemony. China is trying to be the hegemon in the South China Sea. So uh, this is the legal warfare of the three warfares of China. But this legal warfare is backed up by the intimidation because this legal warfare is backed up by the Coast Guard, the largest Coast Guard in the world, and the Navy of China, the largest Navy in the world. Okay, thank you. When you when you say bring this case to Unclos, bring this law to Unclos, do you mean to say a legal case similar to the one we filed uh, that won as the Hague ruling? Yes, that's correct. That's the way to do it. You file and, an arbitration case against China. Uh, mm. that China is applying a domestic law that is against Unclos, against uh, the UN Charter. And what would could then Unclos do? They can say that this law is invalid, but uh, would this bind China to actually follow that and actually rescind their law? Or what would be the power of an Unclos resolution to that effect? Well, the, 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 the tribunal would rule, even if China doesn't appear, because Unclos says, even if you don't appear, you are a respondent. Tribunal, if it is jurisdiction, will continue and render judgment based on the facts in the law. Exactly what happened during the, in the uh, first arbitral case that we filed. That, it will be a repeat of that. But this time, uh, everything will be clearer because there's already the previous ruling. And clearly, this domestic law of China violates international law. I mean, there's no legal scholar who will say that this is in, that this is in compliance, this is in harmony of international law. But you know, sorry, because even with the Hague ruling, right, we see China not abiding by whatever UNCLOS says. They just go on their own way. So what would be the 
um, actual concrete effect of an UNCLOS decision on this law on the ground if China doesn't follow it? Well, China doesn't follow it, doesn't follow the other ruling, but what has happened? This has galvanized other states, the US, uh, UK, Germany, France, Japan, Australia, India, they all said China must abide. So China is being isolated now. You have Vietnam, Malaysia saying, even Indonesia saying, that's international, it must be followed. So that is the weapon that is at our, at our disposal. We don't have the Navy, we don't have the Coast Guard that can compete with uh, China, but we have the law on our side and let's pound on that because that is our strength. And we have the international community on our side. That's why uh, China doesn't comply with the ruling, but the United States together with the uh, UK, uh, France, uh, Japan, every time they sail in the West Philippine Sea in their freedom of navigation and operations, they actually enforce the ruling. It is a physical, robust enforcement of the ruling because they sail there and they say, this is the EEZ of a coastal state. Rebunk debunking China's claim that there is no EEZ there in the Philippines. Mm. And there is only one coastal state there, the Philippines, it could only be ours. So, this FONOPS, Freedom of Navigation Operations of the US, actually enforced the ruling. And this will happen with more frequency now. Before, the US was doing this once or twice a year. It's happening now once every 45 days. And this will continue as long as China uh, does not comply. So, mm -hmm. and uh, more and more countries are joining us. So China is isolated here. And with this law, the more China will become isolated. That's why we have to bring up this law to the international, uh, to, to the world. How can China do this to the world? And the US will not allow this also because uh, this means that the Coast Guard will also uh, apply against other navies. And behind the Chinese Coast Guard is the Chinese Navy. So China, I do not know why they escalated this, but they will be isolated here. So uh, I think Vietnam and Malaysia will have to consider seriously whether to go to Uncos now, because they will be the next victim of China here. A few days ago, uh, Foreign Secretary Loxin filed a diplomatic protest against the Coast Guard law of China. Uh, do you think that this protest is enough? And if not, what other means do you think the Duterte administration can pursue? You already mentioned one, going to UNCLOS. But apart from that, do you see any other steps forward? Well, that, that, uh, that is good enough in the meantime that we officially protested. Uh, I'm expecting Vietnam and Malaysia to make their move because uh, I think they are the target here. Uh, they, because they don't have any arbitral award to, to protect them. Because this is a very uh, shrewd uh, attempt of China to exploit a gray area. And that gray area exists because the arbitral award applies only to the Philippines. 
Vietnam cannot really take advantage of that uh, because the ruling applies only to us. And therefore, it is not settled legally that the Nine Dash Line does not infringe on the EEZ of Vietnam or Malaysia. They must get a ruling for themselves. So because of that gray area, China will move in. So we don't have a ruling, so we can do this. So this is an escalation by China, but this will fail. This will fail, the way I look at it, this will fail. Mm -hmm. Why, sir, why will it fail? Because if Vietnam and Malaysia go to UNCLOS, UNCLOS will say that law is uh, void against international law, that cannot defeat international law. So Do you agree? China will be isolated even more. Do you agree, sir, with Secretary Lockson that this is virtually a threat of war from China? Yes, it's a it's not only a verbal threat, it's written because it's in a law. I mean, it's cemented in a law. I mean, uh, this is this one is a threat against the world. It's a challenge to the legal order because the international legal order says you cannot do this. Because this was the state of affairs before World War II. This was the cause of World War I, World War II, and all prior wars where armed force could be used by any state <clears throat> to settle a dispute, to acquire territory, to acquire maritime zones. That's why we have this UN Charter. And this was, this is the basis of international law. We have kept the peace since World War II because of this provision. You can't go to war to acquire territory, to acquire maritime areas. You cannot go to war and acquire marineers by force. And China has just flipped this over. And that's why we have to go against this forcefully. I mean, we don't go first to the tribunal, but we that's the correct thing we protested mm -hmm. and we must encourage our neighbors to do the same and even to go to the tribunal. This has to be oppose strongly. The U.S. will oppose this strongly and the allies of the U.S., they know what this means. This is overturning the world order because the, the foundation of the U.N. United Nations is you cannot go to war to enforce your claim. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation. And China said, no, we will go to war. We will use armed force to enforce the nine dash line. So this is a challenge to the international legal order. Mm. What do you think this says about Duterte's China policy? Because we know that um, recently he's kind of uh, escalated his, his messaging towards China. What he's been saying um, in the past few weeks, past few months is the need for the conduct in the South China Sea. Um, but before that, we know that he's also taken a pretty soft approach to China because he was holding on to the promise of economic deals and grants from China, even praising China for donating 500,000 doses of the vaccine. So he's been playing kind of a sidestep game with China. Um, and now we have China coming out with a law that his own foreign secretary says is virtually a, a war threat. What do you think this means for Duterte's China policy? Do you think it's time to change it? Do you think 
this proves something about his China policy? This China policy has been a total failure, a total, dismal, object failure. He set aside the arbitral award to get loans and investments from China, 24 billion. Nothing, less than 5%. And with this uh, pandemic, uh, and he has less than two years in office, nothing will happen. Even his own finance secretary has admitted the money will not come, investments will not come. And on top of that, you have this law. So China has totally just duped everybody here uh, by saying that the China is on a peaceful rise. This is not peaceful rise. This is a threat to everyone. We have the armed might to enforce our claim, regardless of what the UN Charter says. This is this is a hegemonic uh, act of China. Very clear. I mean, the U.S. had the the Monroe Doctrine, but that Monroe Doctrine said European powers cannot intervene cannot re-establish their colonies in Latin America. But the, under the Mono Doctrine, the U.S. did not claim any territory or any water in the Mediterranean or in the Caribbean, in the Caribbean rather, did not claim. Did not claim any territory, any water, any mineral resources beyond there at the time three nautical mile, territorial sea. But China here, this is the, uh, the equivalent of the monodoxing, but far worse, because China is claiming the entire South China Sea, almost the entire South China Sea. So this is now China's so-called peaceful rise. This is not a peaceful rise. This is a challenge to the world order, not only to the regional stability in the South China Sea, but this is challenge to, to the world. What if Russia will say, we will have our own law similar to the Coast Guard law of China? So this is really a challenge. And uh, all, all leaders all over the world must look at this as a threat to the very foundation of world peace. Because if China will enforce this in the South China Sea, then there will be a war in the South China Sea between the US and China, because the US will insist that it has freedom of navigation. And this is really a threat to world peace. So this is a very grave <coughs> development. What do you think this new this law, <coughs> what, what yes. do you think, sir, this new law of China says about their commitment to finishing, finalizing a code of conduct in the South China Sea? Because See, Foreign Minister Wang, he promised that uh, 2021 would be the year they would um, complete this code of conduct. But now they passed this law before that code of conduct. What does it say about China's commitment to that code? That code is dead. It's dead on arrival because of this law. But I have always said that code is, has been dead on arrival a long time ago. Because China will use that law, that code, to legitimize its artificial island building, to legitimize the Nine Dash Line. Because China will 
sign a code of conduct only after they have completed their artificial island. So they have one more to go in Scarborough show. Mm -hmm. China is not serious about the code of conduct. That's, that's very clear. With this new law, you can see that the code of conduct is totally useless. This has totally destroyed any idea, any hope that the, that the code of conduct could be something we can uh, look at as uh, solving the South China Sea dispute or managing the South China Sea dispute. So when China was say, telling the ASEAN, let's have the code of conduct, it was busy preparing this law to kill the code of conduct. So this, 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 this is the what this is what is in the mind of China. This new law is the real heart and soul of China. So, sir, it's uh, it, it means that what critics were saying all along that China was biding time with the code of conduct. You think this law proves that, right? Yes, because China, when they were negotiating, was busy building those artificial islands, fortifying the islands. So that's bad faith. Mm -hmm. And then on the ground, sir, we have this new law empowering the Coast Guard to shoot at anyone, destroy weapon, uh, destroy any structures in waters they claim. What do you think then should happen on the ground? What should our Coast Guard do? How should our Filipino fishermen uh, prepare or um, do their business with this law? Should we just go on as normal, business as usual? Or do you think there are steps that the government can take to at least protect the people on the ground who will be infected by this? Well, uh, <clears throat> we should send a clear message to China that we have a mutual defense treaty with the, with the US. And I'm glad that uh, Anthony Blinken, the new state secretary, said repeated that uh, the MDT, the Defense Treaty, applies to the South China Sea. So our, our move now uh, to, to send a strong message to China, do not apply this law to us. We should conduct naval drills with the US in, this, in the West Philippine Sea. We should even join the freedom of navigation operations of the US in the West Philippine Sea. That's our own EEZ. We have every right to sail there. We have every right to patrol that area. That's included in our right because we have sovereign rights there. We have a right to patrol and protect our sovereign rights in that area. So to send a strong message to the China, do not apply this law to us. Let us go, let us have naval drills with the US in the West Philippine Sea, our own EEZ. And that will send a very strong message to China. Otherwise, China might think that we are afraid. And they might again swarm the... Uh, I think if China makes a move, they might just... Uh, if, if we send a survey ship to Reed Bank, they will drive away that survey ship. Remember, uh, after the MOU and TOR was signed, President Duterte lifted the, uh, the monitorium uh, on exploration activities in Reed Bank and in the West Philippine Sea. And when we said we will, uh, uh, because we lifted the moratorium, the Chinese government said, that's okay because we have 
a consensus referring to the MOU and TOR. But with this new law, they have just erased all of that. Unless Kenya says, we will not apply the new law to the Philippines. Mm. So you think, sir, that the, the oil exploration deal, China is saying that is moot, we actually own those. Is it tantamount to that? You think? Yes. I, I think they, uh, they, just, uh, they just make it difficult now to pursue that the MOU and TOR because this now gives their Coast Guard the power to stop our salary ships. In, in Readback, how can we proceed with the exploration activities? But let us try it. Let's send the survey ship to Readback and mm -hmm. see what the Chinese Coast Guard will actually do. Mm -hmm. Because my theory is China will first apply this to Vietnam and Malaysia. Mm -hmm. But we must prepare. And we must prepare now our legal moves that if China actually stops our survey ship, we will go back to an Ampas tribunal. We have to do that because that's the only way. We have to strengthen our legal position because as we strengthen our legal position, the other naval powers, the US, UK, France, Germany, uh, Japan, they will use that against China as they are using now the arbitral award. They're saying they are, the ruling arbitral award says the nine dash line is void, so they can sail. So let us strengthen our legal position because as we strengthen our legal position, the other naval powers will use them. Would you recommend, sir, that the Coast Guard or Philippine Navy do anything to change something in their operations because this law is now in effect? Well, we should now prepare to have joint drills with the U.S. Coast Guard drill, naval drill with the U.S. in the West Philippine Sea. We have to send a message that you cannot apply this law to us because we have the military defense team. And Anthony Blinken, the new state secretary, said, yes, the MDT applies. And they've been repeating this. Mm -hmm. And that is actually, we don't have a huge Navy like China. We don't have a huge Coast Guard like China, but we have an ally with far stronger Navy and Coast Guard than China. And we should use that to our advantage. Do you think we can use the MDT, the Mutual Defense Treaty, now uh, just because the law is there? Or do, you, do we wait for an actual attack um, in the West Philippine Sea? No, the, the MDT can, can be triggered only with an armed attack on our public vessel. And China will not do that because China knows the consequence. That's why they have not attacked the Sierra Madre. They will not do that. We are in a special position <clears throat> compared to Vietnam and Malaysia. They don't have a treaty ally like the US, more powerful than China. So they are on their own. Because of the treaty ally, we could file a case against China. We were not afraid. And we should not be afraid because of the, we have a treaty ally. But we are not abusing the treaty because we are just exercising our right under, under international law. And the US says, yes, you're exercising your right. So we should go into joint patrol with the US Coast Guard and US Navy in the West Philippine Sea. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, sir, last question. Because we've heard from Foreign Secretary Loxon, we've even heard from Malacanang spokesman uh, Harry Roque, but we haven't heard from President Duterte himself about this new law from China. So what do you think Duterte personally can do on his own capacity, like not um, not just on Loxin's part, not just on Roque's part, what do you think he can do to manage the situation, to make the best out of this, to counter China's new law and protect people on the ground, Filipinos who are fishing in the West Philippine Sea, people who live in Pagasa Island? Well, I think uh, the act of uh, Secretary Loxin had the approval of the president, so that's that's his way of telling the Chinese we cannot accept this law. And I don't think the president can accept that law. I mean, no head of state in ASEAN can accept that law. No head of state anywhere in the world can accept that law. That China can just unilaterally use armed force to to secure to enforce its nine dash nine claim. That's against international law. So this is a serious, grave escalation. And uh, I think China will use this first against Vietnam and Malaysia. But we should be prepared. And that's why we should prepare uh, to file a case, a new case against China, in case China prevents our fishermen in the West Philippines from fishing or prevents our service ship. Worst case scenario, China might harass uh, our in the in uh, Sierra Madre in Shoal, or they might again swarm Pagasa with their maritime militia. Mm-hmm. If they do that, we can go back to the tribunal. Okay. Well, that's a lot of work ahead for the Duterte administration, but also to other Philippine presidents, I mean, to other officials, right? This law um, could stay in China for for years, right? It's not just of during the next few years. This could be a problem for many, many years to come. So um, thank you, Justice, for sharing your expertise with us, with those insights. We hope that uh, the government will take steps to mitigate the harm of this law. Um, and so the best of luck, I guess, to our officials on this regard. Um, thank you so much, uh, Justice. You were listening to Seat of Power. I am Pierre Nada. Thanks for listening.